and welcome back to Heavy Pages, a divorce journal. And this is another special Saturday matinee episode. So welcome. Thanks for joining me. This episode, we are going to talk about a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. And that movie is called First Wives Club. Now, this movie came out back in September 20th. 1996. And that is basically one month away from when I actually got married. So I wasn't in the frame of mind of worrying about being a first wife or being divorced or any of those things. I was blissfully unaware of my future. So I'm not sure if I watched the movie at the time, but I have watched it a few times after. And most recently, I watched it so I can do this quick review and give you my opinion on it. Well, before I get started, I will mention there will be spoilers, quite a few of them. Of course, this movie is, you know, from 1996. So you probably have seen it. But if you haven't, just a warning, there will be spoilers. So the first thing that stands out to me is the opening song. If you actually listen to the lyrics, it's a little bit, it was not very empowering to women. It was basically, well, let me just tell you. Okay. So the title is Wives and Lovers by Bert something or other. And this is one, a couple of the lyrics here that it says, day after day, there are girls at the office and men will always be men. Don't send them off with your hair Still in curlers, you may not see him again. For wives should always be lovers too. Run into his arms the moment he comes home to you. So it's like telling you that if you don't look good all the time, watch out because your man is going to cheat. That's not acceptable. Sure, you should do your part and do as best as you can to keep yourself presentable. But the fact that, oh, if you don't always look great, watch out because he's going to cheat. Because men will be men, that is unacceptable and should be unacceptable and is, to me, unacceptable. So that was the way the movie started. For me, it already started off on the wrong foot. But maybe the point of that song was to just show how ridiculous this thought process is. I'm going to go with that. And then it doesn't open really positive either. So the story is about four girls, four young women that were in college together. They were best friends. And then unfortunately, after college, they all went their separate ways and didn't keep up with each other, which to me is kind of sad because I have been blessed to have my friends or my core friends since I was 12 years old. And we have all had, you know, different lives and things have come up for us and we've taken different paths and things like that. But we have all maintained a very close friendship even till this day. So that's unfortunate. And it starts on one of the four friends. Her name is Cynthia and she is played by Stockard Channing. I think that's how you say her name. And she is a rich woman living in a beautiful apartment, if I had to guess, 
I would say it's New York City. I'm pretty sure that it is New York City. And she is looking at a magazine showing, not a magazine, she's looking at a newspaper article that's, I guess, about her husband who had just remarried. She's alone. You can tell she's depressed. And she decides to kill herself. Not good, obviously. Don't kill yourself over a man. Don't do it. They're not worth it. I understand the pain. I have lived through some serious pain. I know that I haven't had the same pain as other people. I'm sure that some other women and men went through way worse than I did. But you can still come out the other side if you give yourself the chance. You don't give up. And I think that part of it was that she was lonely. I think if she would have been able to lean on some friends, she would have been able to work through this grief. And maybe, you know, her friends could build her up a little, could give her a boost of, you know, self-esteem, self-worth, whatever she needed to get through those dark moments so that she does not jump over the ledge, literally, over a guy. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. If you ever are going through a divorce or separation and you feel like life is not worth living, please reach out for some help. Because, you know, I'm jumping way ahead, but all of these other women end up having a pretty great life afterwards. You just got to get through the hump. And that's all. You got to get through the hump. You got to give yourself grace. You got to give yourself patience and understanding and give yourself time. Give yourself time. It started in, yikes, obviously a really dark tone, but that was the catalyst to bring the other three best, uh, old best friends, oh, I shouldn't say old, <laughs> the other three best friends back together and connect. And so that's what happened. So the other three women, the main first wives, are Annie, which is Diane Keaton. She was... A professional woman, but she had no boundaries and definitely did not have much self-esteem. She lived in denial that even though her husband had left her, that they were just separated, but they were still trying to work things out. And yes, he was definitely giving her some serious missed signals, mixed signals. So that did not help, but she was all for it. And they went to therapy, but I was not happy with how they portrayed therapy in this movie. It was, you know, the stereotypical, you know, beat each other up with foam toys and, and you know, you're laying on the couch while the, while the therapist is listening to what you have to say. Just giving some mumbo jumbo, new agey advice. No, that's not how therapy goes. And I really hope that anybody watching this wasn't put off by going to therapy because of what they showed. Because obviously that therapist should be fired. She was extremely unprofessional and you'll see that in the movie. But not only that, she wasn't helpful. She was, it, it was just not real. That is not real therapy. And I can tell you that because I have been to years and years and years of therapy and it was the best thing I ever did. So no, this is not what therapy is like. Don't fall for it. It might've been funny for the movie, but Trust me that real therapy would really help. 
Then we have Elise, which is Goldie Hawn, which, you know, she cracks me up. She's obviously one of those women that keeps herself in good shape, but also gets tons of plastic surgery. And she is an alcoholic and she's conceited, but also with low self-esteem. So it's kind of a weird dynamic because she because she's obviously always going to get work done so she can stay looking years younger than she does. But she does put in the work for her body to maintain a healthy body. I mean, it's typical, I guess, Hollywood actors and actresses, the way that they feel, you know, if you're not young, you're nobody. And she kind of says that in the movie, you know, that if they're not hired for the young parts, then you're hired for the old lady parts. And she doesn't want to be hired for the old lady parts. And her husband is an asshole. (laughs) And this is, uh, they're there. She is there to portray the nasty divorce, you know, the man that wants to take you to court and get your money because you supported him. That kind of dynamic. So that's about her. And then we have Brenda, who is played by Bette Midler. And I think she might be the one that I might be able to relate with the most. She had a young son, um, like I did when I got divorced. She was a mom type, stayed home, took care of her child, They made her feel or look kind of frumpy because of the clothes that she wore. And obviously her character feels insecure about her weight. And um, so that's, you know, one of those. Each woman was kind of a stereotypical type woman. And that was what they had for, that's what they had for Bette Midler. So her husband has a new woman so in her dynamic the husband left her and has hooked up or shacked up with of course a way younger way sexier chick and who is that sarah jessica parker and i love sarah jessica parker of course i grew up no i didn't grow up i enjoyed watching her on sex in the city Uh, i liked watching her in other movies before sex in the city and so it was kind of, well, she did a good job in this part, but you don't like her. So I guess that means she really did a good job, especially when you do like her as an actress and as a person, even though I can't say I like her as a person because I've never met her as a person. But I mean, as an actor, I like her work, but she did a good job in this movie because I didn't like her character. So that's kind of a roundabout about the women. So they tried to cover every dynamic of type of woman. Now, they were all in their mid-40s, so I could relate to that because they are, in this movie, about close to the age that I am now. Some things that came up that I thought about was there's a scene where Brenda, which is Bette Midler, is going out to eat alone, and she feels kind of embarrassed and shame for sitting at a restaurant alone. Of course, where they put her like in a crowded place in front of a whole bunch of people. And maybe that's how it is in New York. I'm not sure. Usually when I have gone out alone, I get like a nice little booth to myself. But my point is, there's no shame in going out to eat alone. Go out and eat alone. It's okay. It's important to feel comfortable with yourself. After I got separated and divorced, I did something that I thought was a huge milestone for me. They used to have 
a party once a year, a Spanish celebration in summer at a theme park, a water park. And I used to go when I was younger and I loved it so much, but I hadn't been in years. And this year I said, you know what? I am going to that celebration by myself to a water park by myself. And I went and I had a really nice time. I didn't have to ask anybody else where they wanted to go, what they wanted to do. I spent such a lovely time floating around the lazy river and maybe in the wave pool for a while. And when I was done, I left, but I did it by myself. I was so proud of myself that I would go so far as to go to a water park alone. So if you could do that, you can go eat dinner alone or lunch or have a coffee. Don't feel like if you're alone, you're less than or you shouldn't do it because no, you should and you should get comfortable with it and you shouldn't feel embarrassed or bad because of it. Okay, something else that popped up in the movie was that at one point when they all decide that they're going to go after their husbands and they're going to make them pay, they decide to do a cheers. And when they do that, they serve themselves some champagne and they all three drop in their wedding rings. And I'm like, hello, all of you are still wearing your wedding rings? Why? Okay, the one who still thinks that she's separated... Maybe, but by that point, she already knew that her husband was a cheater and was with, wait for it, their therapist. So no, she wouldn't still be wearing the ring or shouldn't be. And the same with uh, Bette Midler's character, Brenda. Why is she still wearing the ring? He was already living with someone else and had bought her a penthouse. So yeah, take that ring off. And Goldie Hawn's character, again, they're going through a divorce. I just don't get it. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about all of you, but I took the ring off really quickly. I was like, okay, we're not together. I'm not going to wear this. This representation of what we are, I keep looking down at it, and it just makes me feel worse. So I'm not wearing it. Yes, I think I put it back on again at one point because I think, hey, maybe we're going to make things work. But we didn't, and then I took it off again, and I vowed not to put it back on again. So I just find it interesting that they still had their rings on even at that point, when they were already mad and angry, you usually when you get to the stage that you're angry and you want to make them pay, you're not wearing the ring. But that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. If you are still wearing the ring or have a different opinion on that, then definitely send me a message. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. There was also a part that I just found hilarious, which is when they're all feeling sorry for each other and um, Elise... And Brenda, Bette Midler, and Goldie Hawn's characters decide to have a pity party contest. Like, who is more pathetic? And it was funny. I mean, you know, you needed to have some lightheartedness. It is a lighthearted movie. It's a a rough subject, but it was handled in a very lighthearted and funny way. It's definitely a movie that you want to watch to make yourself feel better, to at least see somebody win. Even if it's not going to be you and your relationship, you see them sticking it to their men pretty well. And so it gives you maybe a little boost of hope and inspires you a little. And again, it's women power because they all, well, I'm not going to say they all. The only one that gets back with her husband is Brenda. And, you know, I'm glad that they did that because, again, they show every different aspect of 
you know, these, not every, they cover a wide variety of different outcomes. In the end, Elise got sober. She was happy doing a part that was her own age in theater and was proud of her work and built her career back up again. Annie dumped her loser of a husband, even though he tried to get back with her after he broke up with the therapist. And she had self-worth enough to say, nope, sorry, we're over. And Brenda, well, she got back together with her husband. He dumped Sarah Jessica Parker, or maybe she dumped him. It's unclear. But he recognized that he had a good woman in his wife, and he, I guess, made amends, and they got back together. Of course, it is a typical Hollywood movie. We're not going to see the dirty, deep-down struggles of single mothers or divorcing women. They all have nice apartments, and though there is a reference at one point that Brenda can't pay her rent or that her rent hasn't been paid, you're not seeing the real harsh reality of having to figure out where you're going to pay your bills from or where you're going to get money to pay your bills. But, you know, that's not the point of this movie. This is supposed to be a divorce movie, with the happy-go-lucky ending and just, it's a women power, look at what we can do when we stick together. And also, I think it has a very strong story about friends and having friends and being best friends. And that it's important to have friends around you so that you can go through these times. Of course, it makes you wonder, none of these women had another friend in those 20 or 30 years that they were apart because besides one of them being close with her mom and having a daughter that doesn't look like anybody else was really connecting with anybody and yes again it's a movie but it just seems a little unrealistic and if you don't have any close friends right now, it's definitely a good idea to start making some friends, start building some relationships, because definitely they are a plus. Oh, and for any Harry Potter fans out there, there is a cameo by Professor McGonagall, which is Maggie Smith, I believe. And so it's fun to watch her. She is funny. She has some funny parts. And it's not a lot, but it's, it's fun to watch her. She's always fun to watch in whatever she does. And she looks good. So I definitely do recommend watching this movie, though I don't recommend it right in the beginning phases of separation and divorce because I'm not sure that that ending or all that women power or how they get to mess with their husbands and get payback and whatever, is really going to resonate that early on. But it is a fun movie. It's a funny movie. If you have been divorced, it's a movie for you to watch and be able to laugh with. And I'm sure that one of the characters will resonate with you in some sort of way. So if you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. I found it on Amazon. Amazon. 
Well, there you go, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that maybe you want to check out this movie or you now see it in a different light and that you're enjoying my little special Saturday matinee episodes. If you haven't already, please follow me on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. My next regular episode of my journal entries will be released on Tuesday. I always release on Tuesdays. And also, if you would like to reach out to me, you can do so at my website, www.heavypagespodcast.com. Thanks again, everyone. And I will catch you on the next one.